0: Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Sisterhood and Company. My name is Harriet Blevins, and I'm so happy you're here today. As always, I want to thank you for your time. I know there are at least a million other things you could be doing, so I appreciate your willingness to join me today. I want to get right into our topic today. Last week, or last episode, we talked about our sisterhood quote, reach up, reach out, and reach back. We tackled one of the biggest of them last week, which was our reach up. I gave you some personal stories about my own life. Uh, You may want to go back and check out that episode if you haven't heard it yet. It's a really good one to kind of bring you up to speed. But this episode, we're going to be talking about our reach out. This is probably my favorite one. Every time I hear this term, I always think about the flip side of that word, the word outreach, and that is a little bit what it is, but the reach out I'm referring to isn't exactly that. It's the looking to both sides of your life and identifying who is running or maybe walking right alongside you. It could be a sister. It could be a neighbor. It could be a friend or a coworker. I mean, you get the picture. The point is, they are walking at least one similar path to you. They don't have to be in all aspects of your life, but one similar path. Generally, this is the easiest reach we have because it comes very naturally to us. The first time I experienced this type of relationship was in the fifth grade, so let me set the story up for you. My mom had just married my stepfather, Bob. And we have moved to a new little community called Hazelwood, Hazelwood, North Carolina. I had changed from my Central Elementary School to Hazelwood Elementary School. And that's kind of a hard thing when you're in the fifth grade. But I had arrived at school that day full of hope and promise and hoping to make some friends along the way. So I go through the morning kind of alone. You know, you're sitting at your desk and doing all the things that the classroom does at the beginning of the year, and I could tell there were other new people there too. I was probably the newest. So we go to lunch, and I get my my uh, tray at the cafeteria. I get my food on it, and I turn around. And as a small child that's maybe 10 years old, I remember looking out at the cafeteria and thinking, oh my goodness, this is a sea of people that I do not know. I don't know any of these teachers. I don't know any of these kids. I just didn't know anyone. And from the right hand, my right-hand side, this little girl popped up in front of me with this shining blonde hair, almost like she had just come from a day at the beach, even though we lived in the mountains of North Carolina. Her name is was Tootie, and she said to me hi my name is Tootie. would you like to sit with us today at lunch and from that moment on she and I were fast friends we lived in this little tiny town it was safe and we had the best time growing up we ran together all through school elementary school and those days it was called junior high school and then high school all the way until school graduation In fact, my husband and I just met she and her family and her new granddaughter here on the coast of North Carolina this past week uh, on Bald Head Island. We all had dinner together, and we are still friends all of these years later, 46 years later. She and I usually had other people along with us, but it always kind of circled back around to just the two of us. Now, throughout my life, I've had many, many of these relationships. I'm sure you have, too. I would call my reach outs, my friends. Now the Bible is filled with passages about friendship. I would define your reach out as whoever are your friends. Proverbs talks a lot about friendship, but in chapter 18, verse 24, it says, "'A man who has friends must himself be friendly.'" So if you wanna have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. When our kids were growing up, we always talked about this passage. We talked about it if they changed to a new school or started a new sport or whatever. We told them, if you want to have friends, you have to sow the seeds of friendliness towards other people. Now, during our school age, relationships are automatically built in, right? Because we're in the same classes with them. Many times we sit at a, at a table or a desk area where other kids are, and we just get to know and meet other people. Same with sports, Teammates are all around us. We're all on the same team, all cheering for the same mascot, whatever it is. The teammates are already there. But what about adulthood? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about how much harder this becomes in adulthood? I mean, friends are really hard to find. They're kind of scarce, actually. Now, I have had years in my life where I am embarrassed to say I only had one or two close friends, and those friends lived far away from me. They weren't even in my day to day life. They actually lived in other states. And I will be the first to tell you that is not enough. So, why was I like that? What had happened in my life? Because I had had hurt. I had had disappointment. um, I had had some types of betrayal, maybe not as, as deep as what you would actually call betrayal, but I had been hurt. And so I didn't let women get very close to me because that always ended with my heart hurting or just the feelings of sadness. See, the enemy knows where the power is, and he fights that all day, every day. He fights against women having relationships because he knows the power of women. He knows especially the power of women united. He knows that when women come together for a united cause, there is nothing this side of heaven that can stop us. There is no demon in hell. There is no power on the earth that can stop us when we all come together, and he knows it. So for me, I didn't venture out far into this world of friendship. I kind of kept it all safe. My children's friends, their parents were my friends. Their teammates' parents were our friends. And then I had a few distant social friends that I would see on social occasions. All of that until about 10 years ago. I will tell you, I am 56 years old, turning 57 soon. So all that up until the age of about 46 years old. Now, I'm not even sure why, but at that time, I slowly began to sow friendship into other people. And guess what I got in return? Friends. As I sowed friendship into other people, friends came back to me on many, many waters. Some of those friendships have changed over the years, but I have continued to grow my circle and my life since then. See, when we keep our circle too small, let's say one good friend— that will make your entire life just smaller and smaller and smaller. God wants us to live these wide open, expansive lives. He never created us to live these small, hemmed in, safe lives. In Romans 12, 9 through 10, we're back to Paul again. This time he's in Rome, the city in Italy, speaking to the Romans. And he says, Don't pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong hold tightly or cling to what is good, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. We just don't see very much of that anymore. Since 2020, isolation and loneliness have come to the forefront of the American life. Even before 2020, in 2018, the Pew Research Center found that one in 10 Americans already felt lonely or isolated. How sad is that? Now, I won't bore you with the stats on isolation, but I will just say this. It is the exact opposite of God's design and his plan for our lives. You see, Jesus did pull away at time to be alone, and so should you. You and I both should have those times where we pull away and we are alone. But that was not his lifestyle. That wasn't a normal day in Jesus's life, and it shouldn't be for us. That was a time for him to refresh, a time for him to recharge his soul for his regular life and ministry, which was surrounded by people, 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 and more people. And sometimes even when he tried to get away, they still followed him there. We should all strive to model that. I was talking recently on a recent podcast about self-care and how that only increases the aloneness, the navel-gazing if you will. If we're all constantly taking essential oil baths and canceling all of our social plans and reading only books about self, what will happen is that we all will begin to feel, feel more alone, not less. Trust me, I have tried it, and I can tell you at my age that that doesn't help anything. It only makes you feel more alone, and that is never good. Actual science backs this up. There are studies that found an increase in cardiovascular disease and stroke and a 40% increase in dementia with people who are more isolated. So don't let the media tell you to isolate and distance yourself another day. It's all a lie. It's all a big sham. We're not supposed to be isolated. In the Bible, only the sick quarantined and stayed away from each other, not the healthy well people Push back on all this mindset. Just push it back. So what is a reach out and how do I get one? Well, we would define a reach out as someone who fits naturally into your life and your world. Someone already in your spheres of influence. For example, LeBron James. LeBron is not in my sphere of influence. I'm sure that is shocking to many of you. But he's not my reach out. And I'm not his these people these people that are naturally in your spheres of influence they're going to add to your life they will not subtract or decrease your life they're going to add to your life and this will be a natural give and take if and this is a big if it's healthy so I'm going to give you four things today to look for in a reach out in a friend number one does your reach out encourage you this is a big one How do you feel after a day with them? Do you feel happy? Do you feel peaceful? Or are you tired? Are you drained? Are you discouraged? This is going to tell you a lot about the relationship. There should be natural give and take. Some days, you're going to need a little more encouragement, and some days, they are going to need the encouragement. And that's just how life is. That's just the ebb and flow of life. But overall, it shouldn't just be a take, take, take relationship. That would be more of a reach up or a reach back. That would not be a reach out. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. So encourage one another, build one another up. Look for that first. Number two, carry. Carry one another's burdens. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. So what is a burden? I think it's Webster's Dictionary who defines it as something oppressive. A burden is oppressive and it's worrisome. It can also be defined as a load. So it's heavy. It's something you have to carry. So what does this mean in terms of friendship? This means be there. Your reach outs are there for you and you for them. When you need a place to lean, they are there for you. When you need someone that's dependable, they are there for you. Usually, this will not just be one person in your life, because one person cannot meet all of your needs, even your spouse, even your children. They cannot. So usually, this will be spread out through several healthy relationships. So that is the number two. Number three, cover, cover. You see a pattern, we're using all C words. 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in all of its various forms. See, your reach-outs will know your weakness, and then they will cover it. They will not expose it. I'm going to say that again. Reach-outs will know your weakness. They will cover it. They will not expose it. They don't side against you. They side with you. They cover you. They pray for you. They don't heap judgment on you. They know that you can see their weaknesses, too. And then the last one on friendship is number four, celebrate. This is a big one. A person who cannot be generally happy for someone else is actually a miserable person. We all know those people. Like, wow, you are not fun. You are just not fun. When we withhold support from one another, we withhold our own benefits. Now, sometimes it can be done jokingly, right? We we all understand this. You know that friend where maybe you're going on vacation or you're going somewhere and they say things like, boy, I sure wish I got a vacation or I sure wish I got to do that or I sure wish so-and-so would invite me. And then they laugh and laugh like it's a joke. But deep down inside, you actually feel that. You feel it. See, nurturing the ability to be joyful for our friends in their joy even if it falls during a time of our own lack, that is where growth and maturity live. I'm going to say that part again. If you can nurture the ability to be truly joyful for your friends in their joy, even if it falls at a hard time in your life, a hard season, a season of lack, a season of questions, a season, even a, a dark night of the soul, if you can have joy in their joy, You, my friend, are growing and maturing in the things of God. Philippians 1, 1 through 13 is a massive passage that I will not read to you today. You can read it for yourself. Paul is writing from prison about this. His lack of freedom didn't cause him to stop rejoicing in the Lord and cheering others on from prison. Listen, if he can do it from prison, you and I can learn to celebrate other people. We actually can do that. And there are three reasons to celebrate others. The first one is their win is your win. That's how the kingdom rolls. Their win is actually your win. Remember, we're all in our own lane, running our own race. You have no other competition before the Lord. It's you and the Lord together. Number two, Every loss becomes our loss. Recently in our family, we experienced a loss of sorts. Our children, Eli and Amanda, had become pregnant with their first baby. And she lost that baby at about five weeks or so, six weeks. And I will tell you, everyone in our family, not just Eli and Amanda and myself and Tim, but Lachlan and Bailey, Casey, Jared, all of us, we all wept with them because their loss was all of our loss. There is no competition. We're all in it together. We're all in that together. They're just, we just have to get that part. The last one is, number three, understand that love doesn't come naturally. Love does not come to any of us naturally. We're fallen part of the human race. It is cultivated in our hearts, and that's why we need Jesus. Forcing ourselves to love, which is just pretend, actually, we're deceived when we are doing that. It never, ever works because, like I said, we're deceived, and we're only you know kidding ourselves, really. But the more love we can receive from the Father, the more love we can give to other people. So I want to ask you today, can you actually feel joy in the gain of another? Can you feel joyful in that? And if you cannot, it's okay. It's okay. Just just be honest with yourself. God knows anyway. Just be honest where you are. And try to get to the root of that. Why can I not celebrate in another's gain? Try to get to the bottom of that. This is another leveling up from just simply accepting their gain. It means you truly feel joy for them in their gain. Now, since that loss of that precious little life... Since that time, we now are expecting a grandchild. We're now, I think she's at 12 weeks or so pregnant, expecting a healthy baby in January of 2023. We're all taking bets. They all, most of them think it's a girl. I think it's a boy, and I'm staying with it. I'm not leaving that. I actually think it's a boy, so we'll stay tuned, and we'll keep you posted on whatever that is, <laughs> but how do you want other people to celebrate you? When you have gains and you have good things that happen to you in life, successes, when you have things that God blesses and pours out on your life, how do you want people to celebrate you? Do that. Do that for other people. Turn around and do that. It changes you for the better. It changes me for the better. It keeps bitterness, it keeps black hearts outside of us, it keeps them at bay. It shows honor. It shows honor to other people. And I honestly don't know a Christian, a real true Christian that loves the Lord that doesn't want to live an honorable life. You know, the Bible tells us we, we, whatever we sow, that is what we're going to reap. And if we think otherwise, we're just being deceived because God is not mocked. So whatever we sow, when you sow honor, it comes back to you. It's just a higher way to live. So today I want to pray for you as we go. Just want to come before the Lord, because this one today has kind of been a, a, a little bit deeper one, because we're kind of delving into the friendship arena. Many of us have had times where we've been hurt and disappointed by other people, and God sees all of that, and he can be trusted with all of that. He can be trusted with your pain and with your hurt today. So let's go to him. Thank you, Jesus, for the higher way. Thank you that you, Jesus, have good places for all of us. Thank you for the reach outs that you have given and will yet to give in the future. Help us all, Lord, to be good stewards of our friendships. Help us to receive your love better so that we can give it away. Lord, we ask that you would um, show us, show us where we are, maybe have a, um, a hidden blind spot in this area. Show us if there's something uh, even that we're doing and cultivating habits that are, are maybe not sustaining good friendships. We love you, Jesus. We give you this time today, and we ask everything in your precious name. Amen. Thank you again for joining me today on the on Sisterhood and Company. It's been awesome learn, learning about our reach outs in life and I hope you heard something today that you can take into your own world and make your own world better. And I want to personally invite you to join us on Tuesdays at Sisterhood here at Life Church. We would love to have you. We have a website. I'm sure it will be in the show notes, but it is at www.know that I'm getting the no because we're changing our domain name. So we will add that to the show notes when we have that. But we would love to have you on Tuesdays. We have a great time together. I will see you or I will talk to you on the next episode as we unpack our reach back. Go make your life awesome. Yeah.